Welcome back to Nerd with a Phone Podcast, where it is always time to get nerdified. I'm your host, Charles. Nerd with a Phone 1 on Twitter and Instagram. You, of course, are you. Today's episode, we're talking Transformers, War for Cybertron, Earthrise, the Netflix original series, next here on Nerd with a Phone Podcast. Welcome into the show, guys. How you doing? How you doing? We are talking... The Transformers, more than meets the eyes. War for Cybertron, Earthrise, now streaming on Netflix. Yeah, the second part of the Netflix trilogy has dropped, and you're going to get my full opinion of that coming up in a little bit. But in the interest of full disclosure, yeah, um, <laughs> I really wasn't feeling it going into this review. Um had a recent uh, death in the family. My cousin, as I always called him in my entire life, my birthday twin, even though he was born um, two years after me, we shared the same birthday, and he recently passed away after a motorcycle accident. So, again, uh, family, you know who you are. Much condolences and love sent your way. Uh, truly sorry I couldn't be there myself. The pandemic has, well, made everything harder than it needs to be. But as it relates to Transformers and everything, um, I had the Optimus Prime and he had Megatron when we were kids. And then later, Rodimus Prime and Galvatron, respectively. And spoiler alert, all four versions of these characters do appear in Earthrise Transformers. So, it is all relevant. So, as I stated uh, in my previous episode... Uh, on this subject, which was entitled More Than Meets the Review from back in August of 2020. Um, yeah, uh, this review is going to be filled with plenty of old man yells at cloud moments. So, uh, as this was an unexpectedly emotional thing for me to try to review, but I wanted to review it, while it was still fresh in my mind, I have decided to enlist the help of the internet and CBR.com in an article by Ronaldo Matadine, which was published as of this recording just a mere 11 minutes ago. All right, and I will share a link to his article, or yeah, his article. And over on Twitter, or with a phone one on Twitter, to read the article for yourself. Alright, and I'm going to paraphrase it um, here, but spoiler warnings for Transformers War for Cybertron Earthrise from here on out, now streaming on Netflix. If you don't want to be spoiled, stop it now. Go watch the show, come back. Okay, I presume everybody that wanted to stop has stopped, and now you're back after having watched the show. 
All right. <laughs> Here's uh, a little bit of that article I was telling you about. Netflix's Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy changes the cosmic landscape even more for the Autobots and Decepticons in the second chapter, Earthrise. As it rolls out, initially, Siege keeps the battle on their home world. But now, Optimus Prime and Megatron's forces clash all over the galaxy in a bid I personally feel to make the franchise more like Star Wars. Huh. But there were some um, intergalactic travels back in the day in the original series and in the Marvel comics, so maybe not a fair statement, but just the bullet point that kind of popped in as I was watching. Mm. This results in Megatron harnessing sparks for his nemesis arc. Meanwhile, Optimus Prime places his crew in danger at a sketchy space bridge out of desperation, and culminates in the search for the Allspark reaching Earth. However, as they make this trek, there are, ga there are ghastly plot holes that arise. And I'm just going to list off what they say the plot line plot holes are. Uh, where are Omega Supreme and the Guardians? Yeah, definitely. Um, in Siege, Omega Supreme arrives at Cybertron Space Bridge to help the Autobots after Optimus appealed to him. However, Optimus throws the Allspark to the next to the next end of the cosmos, which is topped off by a massive explosion. However, after Omega disappears, no one knows what happened to him, and the Decepticons um, heavily imply that he was killed. But the truth is, we don't know where he is or what happened to him. And that's a big plot hole that's never addressed in the second part. Um, but um, it is totally focusing on its own thing, you know. Um, but we'll get more into that in just a minute. All right, and we're back. In what amounts to a pretty big change for the series... Um, Elita and Optimus Prime were shown to be in love, but this dissipates when she finds he is way too archaic. She stays behind and goes with the Teletron 1 arc, but there seems to be something more to their history as Megatron tries to recruit her, and when he captures her, he calls her by her real name, Ariel. And he says he wants her rolling by his side, but Ariel's reaction indicates she may have loved Megatron too. And, you know, it's one of those kind of things. Um, they put a little bit of, uh, you know, soap opera in there. But, I mean, you know, the car that cartoon, the Transformers, were always a bit soap opera-esque. Just dumbed down to a kid's level, so... I can see that. I'm not, I'm not too mad at that. But um, when it comes to the second part here, um, everything that I said in the first review still holds up, and even more so now. Um, all the things that were minor complaints in the first part are now huge complaints in the second part. Um, because there are some big dramatic moments uh, like 
the moment between Ariel and Megatron when Megatron has her captured and everything. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I couldn't help but lament that Frank Welker was not delivering those lines. Um, it would have been a much more powerful impact. And, you know, as I stated in a previous episode, we do need to try to move on. Um, as long-term fans, as older fans, old man yells at cloud fans, but um, it completely took me out of the moment, and there's no escaping it. Um, in a in a moment that's that consequential and that meaningful to characters, the performance matters, and. It, the main issue, and it wasn't just Megatron, it's everybody throughout the second part here. Everybody seems to be understated. I don't know if that's a function of having to do recording sessions in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's got the weight of the world on their soldier on their shoulders as they try to be soldiers and soldier on and get their job done. But um, the performance, the weight of it, um, it feels more phoned in than dramatic. And that's all I can say. However, and comma, um, much like I said in the first one, uh, the sound design and um, the way the characters look, everything like that, um, the scripting, uh, Probably some of the best ever done in the Transformers universe. But um, as this article that I'm reading states, there are huge plots here. Huge. It cannot be ignored. Um, it's one of those. Uh, one that's been bugging me from the beginning. Uh, and I wanted to be sure that I was correct before I said anything. Um, like, yes, okay, I understand Uh that we already know who these characters are. That Optimus Prime is a truck and uh, everything, you know, for an example. Or that Sound Blaster, uh, you know, all these characters. Um, we know what they're supposed to be and we expect them to be these things. But uh, there's a big moment here in Season 2 of the Netflix series where they introduce a fan-favorite character by the name of Skylynx, who is a space shuttle. And, you know, it, it brings up the point of, um, like, everybody knows how, if you're a fan of Transformers, you know how Transformers become their Transformers, right? They're, they start off as just robots um, and everything, and then they, um, when they arrive where they're going, Teletron 1, you know, or some other device uh, selects a form for them and, you know, they do their thing. But as this series um, started on Cybertron, everybody's already in their forms, you know what I'm saying? And everything, there's no um, explanation given as far as the canon of the show goes. Um, there may be other materials that you could reference to, um, but in terms of just taking the show at face value, there's no explanation about, you know, where, why, and how uh, the Transformers came 
to choose their forms or have their forms chosen. And uh, it may seem like a minor detail, but that was part of the charm and the magic that was the original Transformers. And something is missing when it's not present. Alrighty, welcome to my favorite part. Not really. It's commercial time, right? But, as luck would have it, actually like the thing I'm talking about for once. Ha ha! Yeah, we're talking about the Dennis George Show. A whole new way to watch radio, they say. Uh, from Hollywood gossip, to weird people news, little tidbits, and obscure culture. Dennis George Show covers all of that. Alright, are you looking for a funny, topical comedy podcast with just enough political rec- correctness to stave off lawsuits? Then the Dennis George Show may fit that bill. My favorite bit is listener emails. Five stars all the way, man. Give it a three-episode listen, and you'll be a fan as well. And, of course, I'm Charles from Never the Phone Podcast. You know this. All right. Please check out the Dennis George Show. I'm not just saying it because they pay me to do this spot. I really enjoy the podcast. They're a fun bunch they got working over there. They got the showrunner and a couple other people in the studio and everything. So, uh, yeah. And uh, Dennis George spent about 10 years on the radio. And I think they said the St. Louis market. Um, and now has moved over to the digital age. And, um, yeah, the show is good. It's very, very good. You should check it out. Um, it is politically incorrect. I should uh, warn you up front there. But it is a funny, fun time. Warner with a phone in just a minute. All right, and welcome back. Check out the Dennis George Show. Welcome back. Um, yeah, but we were talking about Skylinks um, earlier, and, you know, in a flashback, Alpha Trion banishes Skylinks to the dead universe. And, um, you know, this is what made me understand what the absence of... Um, what the absence of Frank Welker and Peter Cullen have done to this series. Um, because Alpha Trion's um, voice actor and Skylink's voice actor um, live up to the weight of their roles. Okay? And it makes everybody else... It makes everybody else's performance, except with the exception of Ariel. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's like one of these things is not like the other. And anyway, when they're in, when Skylinks is banished to the dead universe, um, he's banished there because he's after the matrix of leadership. All right. However, it is not revealed why Skylinks wants that power. And what turns him against Alpha Trion? You know. So, you know, it, it's a big, big plot hole there. But it's skipped over um, in the essence for moving the story forward. For no other reason than moving the story forward. And um, it's important to how the story moves forward. But... 
at the same time, I think it is important to remember that we are talking about something rated, um, last I checked, Y7. Okay. That being said, uh, there's other Netflix shows, um, such as the most recent, um, Ghost in the Shell, uh, which do not have as big of potholes. I mean, it's not that they don't contain any, but the, these are mammoth um, and stand out like sore thumbs. Whereas uh, some other things uh, that Netflix have done uh, don't uh, suffer as badly about that kind of thing. And so we start to reach uh, the conclusion of our little review today. But we got a few more minutes, so stick with me here. This article from CBR.com also points out another plot hole that's uh, the golden disc again in um, the Black Universe, or yeah, the same <laughs> spoilers, right? There's a uh, universe to which Skylinks was banished and everything. Um, and Megatron, eventually, while he's there, runs into Galvatron, his future self. And Galvatron um, is trained to give him a disc. But nobody knows what's on the disc. Alright, nobody knows what's on the disc. And it disappears just as quickly as it shows up. And nobody knows what's on it. And uh, I believe this article misses the point. Uh, this thing is a MacGuffin. It, <laughs> it's a MacGuffin. It, um, it, it's nothing. But um, basically, if it even contained um, everything um, that Galvatron knew as future Megatron then Megatron would know everybody's next moves it is a pretty important piece of information if that were the case, but it uh, disappeared before Megatron could grab it. You know, uh, it's one of those kind of things. But there seems to be, uh, I think these plot holes uh, in here, instead of just being major plot holes for the sake of being major plot holes, I think it's... Uh, the Saturday morning cartoon mentality where these are all MacGuffins meant to slide of hand viewers into looking over here so they'll be surprised by what comes up over here. But, you know, hmm, gotta have something to argue about on the internet, right? Alright, and as stated, I do know that I have severe emotional pain in trying to do anything Transformers right now. Uh, due to the memories and everything, I, I feel that this review may have been tainted by it. I'll have to check again in a few months to see if that was the case. But um, my overall review score for Transformers... War for Cybertron Earthrise on a five-star scale is going to be 
2.9. Um, it would be a 4, um, but for some severe dropped balls um, when it comes to this. Uh, I, I mean, you may feel I'm not giving them any credit, um, but I took the pandemic into account because I really, uh, maybe under the better circumstances, if I still felt the same way, um, this would be more like a 1.9 rating. I, I bumped it up a full point uh, because putting anything out during the pandemic is just an accomplishment. So they get a full point score um, for that. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, you actually finished a piece of art during a pandemic. <laughs> you know, all respect in the world to you. Um, that being said, this is a, this is a 2.9 effort, um, which would be a five star were the original voice actors still involved. Uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> which means that my overall rating for the first two parts of this trilogy now stands at 3.6 stars still pretty high rating so we'll have to wait and see uh it seems to be confirmed by the toys that are coming out that part three of this will be beast wars no spoilers here because i believe the toys will be hitting shelves relatively soon so you know if i'm spoiling this for you i apologize but, yeah, Beast Wars. And uh, when we finally get Part 3, I hope to have Dreadful Rock on um, to talk about this. Um, because he is uh, probably the biggest Beast Wars fan that ever lived. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> not having him talk about it would just be a crime to my audience here, right? I promise you, it's going to be fun. Um, anyway, again, thank you for tuning in to Nerve of the Phone podcast here on anchor.fm forward slash WWN, available on 12 platforms. Basically, get your favorite pod catcher, listen to us. All right, we appreciate it. And if you would, Share us everywhere. Share us with your cat, I swear. I don't know why. Cats love me. Dogs, not so much sometimes. But, you know, it is what it is. We are firmly in to 2021 now. Getting ready to go. We got some good episodes coming up for you. Including reviews of Sabrina, the Netflix series, and Cyberpunk. 2077, the much maligned and anticipated blockbuster that wasn't. Um, <laughs> I'm having fun with the game, but I want to complete the story before I give you my opinions. All right, so again, big shouts out to the Dennis, Sh <laughs> the Dennis George show. 
having such a hard time saying that, but it really is a fun podcast. Um, also, shouts out to Nathan Wade of Now Just Everybody Has a Story. Check out that show. Um, interesting. Every single week, new guest, new topic, and you never know what you're going to get, like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates, right? So, anyway, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for getting notified, and we will see you next week at 11.49 p.m. Central Standard Time next Wednesday night for another episode of Nerd with a Phone Podcast. Peace.